When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 48 of season 2, and time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. I hope everyone had a great weekend and are just as excited as I am about it being Monday. My Little Margie was a sitcom that ran on CBS Radio from 1952 to 1955, airing original episodes at the same time that it also aired original episodes on its TV show by the same name with the same actors. Gail Storm played 21-year-old Margie Albright, Charles Farrell played her father, ex-silent film star Vern Albright, Clarence Kolb as Vern's boss George Honeywell, and Hilary Brooke as Vern's girlfriend Roberta Townsend. Verna Felton played Margie's sidekick and next-door neighbor Mrs. Odets, although this role was played by Gertrude Hoffman on the TV show. Sadly, only 23 episodes of the radio show exist to this day. Sit back and enjoy the June 5, 1955 broadcast of My Little Margie. My Little Margie, starring Gail Storm and Charles Farrell. The events of the past few weeks will remain in the memory of the Albrights for a long time to come. You see, Vern Albright has a farm near the small upstate town of Pivotville. He likes to spend weekends and vacations there, and one day, well, let's go back to the beginning. It all started one Sunday morning in the Albright apartment on Park Avenue. As usual on a Sunday morning, Vern came into breakfast in pajamas and dressing gown. Good morning, Dad. Uh, Margie, whose dressing gown is this? It's Mrs. Odette's. I borrowed it from her the other day. Oh, what was it doing in my closet? Where's my robe? At the cleaners. Freddie said he'd pick it up. Where's that? Can I guess here? Oh, but I look silly in Mrs. Odette's robe. Oh, who's going to see you? Oh, oh, all right. Oh, that must be the grocery boy. We ran out of coffee, and I called Kugelhoff's Market and asked them to send some over. Would you answer the door, Dan? In this robe? But it's only the grocery boy. Oh, okay. He kissed me! (laughs) I forgot to tell you, Mrs. Odette spies from Kugelhoff's, too. Well, if, if you'd picked up my robe at the cleaners as I asked you to, this wouldn't have happened. Oh, but Freddie wanted to do it. He's so grateful because we're taking him up to the farm with us this week. I'm sorry I let you talk me into inviting him. Oh, that must be him now. Come in. Hi, Margie. Hello, Freddie. Hello, Mrs. Odette. I am not Mrs. Odette. <laughs> oh, it's you, Mr. Albright. <laughs> that robe fooled me. <laughs> Pick up Dad's things at the cleaners. The cleaners? Yes. So that's why I tied the string around my finger. I couldn't figure out what it was for. 
always say. If you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Oh, is that what you always say? Yes. Can I quote you on that? Oh, stop. <laughs> well, that's probably Connie. Come in. Hello, Margie. Hello, Connie. Hello, Freddie. Hi. And Mrs. Odette, you look lovely this morning. I am not Mrs. Odette. No, just an unreasonable facsimile. What's that dressing gown? We forgot to get Dad's out of the cleaners. Oh, well, I'm all packed and ready for the country. Well, I guess that's Mrs. Odette. Come in. Hello, Margie. Hello, Mrs. Odette. Hello, Connie. Hello. Hello, Freddie. Hi. Margie, who's this old goat in my dressing gown? <laughs> this old goat happens to be me. Oh, it's Mr. Albright. Well, this explains everything. What do you mean? The delivery boy from Krugelhoff came to my apartment and looked at me like he was seeing double. <laughs> it's a long story, Mrs. Odette. Yes, and let's not repeat it. Oh, Dad, go on. Get dressed. Well, all right. Excuse me, everyone. Oh, Freddie, how about you taking the luggage down to the car? Sure. Freddie, come back here. What's the matter? You forgot the luggage. <laughs> Here we are at the farm. At last. Freddy, I don't know why I let you drive. Gosh, Mr. Albright, I only made one mistake. When we came through Pivotville, I made a left turn instead of a right turn. Yeah, but on a one-way street. <laughs> well, you can't blame me for that. There was no sign. Hmm. He's right there, and there wasn't a sign. And I noticed that the traffic lights weren't working either. Oh, they never work. I don't know why they don't fix them. We pay enough taxes in this county. What do they do with the money anyway? Well, it's a cinch. They don't spend it on the roads. That French engineer must have built the roads in this town. What French engineer? Didn't you notice his name on all those signposts? Detour? Disgrace the way this town is run. Something should be done about it. Well, now's my chance to quote you, Dad. What do you mean? Quote, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Unquote. Oh, well, what are you getting at? Well, didn't you notice all those posters and billboards when we came through town? They're going to have an election here soon for mayor. Well, what's that got to do with me? Well, if you don't like the way Pivotville is being run, get yourself elected mayor and run it yourself. Me? A mayor? Why, that's ridiculous. Jane, I think it's a wonderful idea. Yeah, me too. Who knows what it might lead to. First, mayor of a small town. Then governor of the state. Then Congress. Well, there's no telling how high you can go. Yeah, you might even make notary public. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you're all being Silly. What makes you think I'd have a chance of being elected, even if I did run? Well, you're a businessman, and that's what it takes to run a town like this. And the people know you're honest. If you make campaign promises, they know you'll keep them. Yeah, if you promise to build new roads, they know you'll give them new roads. And if you promise to build a new gas works, they know you'll give them the works. <laughs> 
gas, that is. Well, Margie, baby, if you have that much faith in me, I, I'll do it. I'll run for mayor. This is so exciting. A <laughs> political campaign. This takes me back to the days when my second husband ran for assemblyman. Was he elected? Well, no. The voters didn't vote for him on account of his youth. How old was he? Sixty. <laughs> but his youth was already spent. That was the trouble. The voters found out how he spent it. Well, Margie, I did it. I went over to the county clerk's office and filed the necessary papers. I am now officially a candidate for mayor of Pivotville. Oh, that's great, Dad. Freddie and I have been working on campaign slogans for the posters we're going to put up all over town. Listen to this one. Vote for the man whose honor bright, the people's delight, Vern Albright. Uh, that's pretty good. Hey, yeah. listen to this one. Fight, fight, fight for Vern Albright. <laughs> is a political campaign, not a football game. Oh, I, I just thought of one. Now listen. Vote for upright Vern Albright. That's all right. I think it's a little corny. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh, hi, Mr. So, Dan. Where have you been, Mrs. O'Dell? Oh. I've been going around town digging up gossip about your father's opponent. <laughs> oh, and I dug up enough Dirt to bury him. <laughs> Dad, we'll use it for your speech tonight. Uh, I'd better start working on it now. Now, let's see. Oh, let's see now. How should I start? I've got a great way to start the speech. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen. Well? <laughs> Freddie, that's sheer genius. Thank you. Positively brilliant. Really? <laughs> Freddie, if anyone ever starts a rumor that your head should be examined, pay no attention. There's nothing in it. <laughs> Come in. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Is this where Honor Bright Albright, the people's choice, lives? Yes, but he isn't home right now. I'm his daughter. Who are you? The name is Johnny Velvet. How do you do? I do okay, sister. <laughs> well, what did you want to see my father about? About that speech he made at the town hall last night. Especially that part where he said, quote, And if elected, I promise to clean up Pivotville. Unquote. Very impressive. Well, uh, why are you so interested in that part of his speech? Well, I'll tell you, sister. I run a little roadhouse right outside of town. Good food, reasonable prices, and a roulette wheel or two for those who wish to woo Lady Luck. Oh, so that's why you're here, is it? You're afraid that if my father is elected, he'll close you up. Nobody closes Johnny Velvet up, sister. You don't think so, huh? Sister, I don't think I know. Brother, I don't think you know either. <laughs> you get out of here. You can't influence my father. He's a man of his word. Well, good for him. I got a sweet setup going, sister. I'd like to make it sweeter. So if your old man is elected, you know what I'm going to do for him? What? I'm going to have him put in concrete. <laughs> <laughs> 
Concrete? Yeah. And Johnny Velvet's a man of his way, too. So long, sister. Concrete? <laughs> and now, back to My Little Margie. Well, Johnny Velvet is gone, but his threat to have Vern put in concrete if elected mayor has left Margie terror-stricken. We find her now with her friends, terribly concerned for her father's safety. Oh, what sort of a person was this Johnny Velvet, Margie? Oh, he was a tough gangster type. He had the eyes of a killer. And his voice sounded like a bent spike scraping across a rusty file. Oh, oh gee, Margie, do you, do you think he'll kill your father in cold blood? What do you expect him to do, warm it up for him? Ah, uh, that type doesn't scare me. I've got a good mind to take a sock at him. Well, why don't you? Well, uh, I got a good mind and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> Imagine the nerve of that gangster threatening your father. Do you think your father will take it lying down? If he gets killed, he will. <laughs> do something to save Dad? Well, just tell him of the danger he's in, Margie. He'll surely withdraw from the campaign. Oh, if you knew Dad better, you wouldn't say that. I don't dare tell him. He's not the kind of man who gets intimidated very easily. Well, that's right. Mr. Albright's a fighter. Now, the way I see it, we have to persuade Dad to withdraw, but we mustn't tell him why. Will you all help me? Sure, Margie. You can count on me. Oh, Mrs. Odessa and I will be glad to do all we can. Fine. Now, when Dad comes in, we'll just... Hello, everybody. How are all the loyal campaign workers of the next mayor? Uh, Dad, um, uh, about the election, uh, don't you think you ought to withdraw? Withdraw? What are you talking about? You don't want me to run for mayor? I don't want you to run for anything. I want you to run from. <laughs> I, I don't understand. You, you were the one who got me into this election. You, you, you said it was a big honor. And if I become mayor, people will look up at me. Well, the situation has changed. If you become mayor, people will look down at you. <laughs> say, say, what is this? Do, do the rest of you feel the same way? Oh, yes, yes you sure. do. Mr. Albright, you've just got to give up this idea of running for office. But why? Give me one concrete reason. Listen, you've got an important job. If you're elected, you won't be able to devote much time to it. Your duties as mayor will keep you very confined. Yeah, permanently. <laughs> what are you trying to tell me? That, that you don't want me to be buried in politics? That's one way of looking at it. Now, look, I don't know what this is all about, but if you're worried about my losing, just forget it. I'll win that election, and it'll really be a feather in my cap. Yeah, and a lily in your hand. <laughs> if I can get the support of the local merchants' association, I'm a cinch. The president of the association will be here tomorrow to interview me, and, and Margie, now that's where you come in. What do you mean? Well, I want you to be present at the meeting. Pour it on big about how important I am in the business world and, and what a fine mayor I'd make. Oh, it'll help me a lot. All right, Dad, if that's what you want. Oh, thanks, baby. Well, I've got to go make a speech downtown. I'll see you all later. Gee, Margie, we tried, but we just couldn't talk him out of it. I'm not licked yet. I've got one more chance. 
with the president of the Merchants Association. But you're supposed to give your dad a big build-up. He'll get a build-up, all right, for a letdown. Yeah, but, but, but suppose your plan doesn't work. Suppose he gets elected anyway. In that case, it'll be the biggest public event this town has ever seen. What do you mean? They'll hold his inaugural and his funeral on the same day. <laughs> Oh, that must be Mr. Peters, Margie. Remember now, play up big. Okay, Dad. Good. Uh, come in. Ah, good afternoon, all right. I'm Silas Peters, president of the Merchants Association. I'm pleased to meet you, Mr. Peters, and uh, this is my daughter, Margie. How do you do, sir? Hello there, young lady. My, but you're pretty. It's certainly a big asset for a candidate for public office to have a pretty daughter. Well, thank you, sir. All right, I'll get right to the point. I'm a man who doesn't like to dilly-dally around to beat around the bush. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say without stumbling or fumbling or wasting time. If I have anything to say, I say it and let the chips fall where they may. So I tell you, I want to get right to the point. I want you to take that statement at face value because I'm a man of few words, very few words. So if it's all the same to you, I'll get to the point. <laughs> Point. What was that, young lady? Uh, I, I said, don't you think this is a nice joint? Oh, yes. Yes, lovely, very lovely. All right, I'll be brief. This town needs a good mayor, preferably somebody with a good business background. What the Merchants Association wants to know is, are you the man for the job? Well, are you? Oh, 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 oh my turn. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, all I can do is point to my record. I've been a successful investment counselor for many years, and I'm, I'm very highly regarded by my clients. Oh, that's true, Mr. Peters. They think very highly of Dad. Even those who were wiped out by taking his advice. <laughs> wiped out? Well, uh, uh, what she means is, uh, uh, that is, uh, you see, uh, uh, some people do lose money in Wall Street. Uh, it's, it's inevitable. Yes, I suppose so. Uh, tell me, Albright, do you have a reputation for honesty, integrity, fair dealing? Uh, Mr. Peters, I, uh, I assure you, I have never in my whole life taken a dime that, that belonged to anybody else. That's right. All he asks is a chance. Margie! <laughs> I mean a chance to make good, naturally. Actually, Mr. Peters, I think my father would make an excellent mayor. Oh, you do? What makes you think so? Well, he's familiar with all public questions. Good, good. It's just the answers he's not sure of. I see. Uh, well, I have to be going. It's nice to have met you. Uh, well, Mr. Peters, uh, oh, will I get the endorsement of the Merchants Association? Well, I'll have to think it over, Albright, before I make any recommendations to my group. <laughs> Good day. Margie, what in the world were you trying to do to me? Do? I wasn't doing anything. Oh, no. You just turned Peters against me, that's all. Well, my only chance now is to get the backing of the Women's League. Their president is coming over later to talk to me. So stay out of here. Don't even stick your nose into this room. Do you understand? Yes, sir. My nose gets the point. <laughs> Right. Allow me to present myself. I am the president of the Women's League, Mrs. Tabitha Kunkel. <laughs> How do you do, Mrs. Kunkel? This is indeed a pleasure. Oh, won't you sit down? Oh, well, thank you. 
As you probably know, Mr. Albright, the Women's League is quite powerful politically. The candidate who receives our approval is virtually assured of election. Oh, I understand, and I'll, I'll do my utmost to merit your approval. We shall see. The man we want for mayor must have a spotless personal life. He must be a man of rectitude, high-minded and high-principled, a teetotaler. Oh, Mrs. Conkle, as everyone knows, my reputation is beyond reproach. Dad, excuse me for interrupting, but what do you want me to do with those bottles? <laughs> bottles? What bottles? The empty ones. The full ones I've already put on the bar. Margie, come on, Margie, I'm busy. Uh, please go. Yes, sir. Now, uh, now, uh, uh, now, where, where were we? Among the bottles. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. We, we drink a lot of milk. <laughs> Mr. Albright, my organization must be convinced that you're a man of sterling character. A man whose virtue and morals can stand as an example to the community. A man who shuns gambling of any sort. Oh, naturally. <laughs> and, and, and let me assure you that my personal life is everything the public could ask for. Dad, I hate to interrupt, but isn't it about time? Time for what? To listen to the fourth race. Margie, <laughs> Margie, I'm not interested in the fourth race. How? Which one was it, the fifth? Will you please leave me alone? Uh, Mrs. Conkle is here to discuss my endorsement by the Women's League. Uh, uh, get it? Well, I'll have to take it up with the girls. <laughs> Good day, Mr. Albright. Election night. Huh. I feel like it was the end of the world. Oh, not the world, Margie. Just your father. Huh. Imagine this all started just because your dad came up here to take a rest. Yes, and if he wins, he'll rest in peace. <laughs> you come in. Good evening, fellow citizens. Tis I, your friendly neighbor. Just thought I'd drop in and we could listen to the retains together. Uh, uh, hello, Mr. Nelson. Sit down. Thank you. Mind if I loosen my shoulder holster? Might as well get comfy. <laughs> You're... Your shoulder holster? Yeah, it kind of cuts in when I sit down. Oh, uh, it's, it's sort of like a girdle. Yeah, sort of. Uh, size 45. <laughs> Only it's more like a one-way stretch. Hey, kid, where's your old man? Uh, he, he's at, at campaign headquarters. Oh, well, turn the radio on, kid. I'm very interested in the results. So far, the few scattered returns show that Albright is leading his opponent, Johnson, by several votes. That's swell. I already ordered the concrete. Got a good man coming up from New York to do the job, too. Mr. Velvet, the idea of your coming here, I do mind saying you're a sadistic, vindictive, vengeful man. Go ahead, kid. Say it. I won't get a swelled head. Fourth precinct coming in. Johnson, 24. Albright, 22. Thank goodness. Another return now from the second precinct. Albright, 30. Johnson, 29. Truman, 2. <laughs> My! He's 
making a comeback. Of course, write-in votes don't count. The 8th Precinct is coming in now. Johnson, 18. Albright, 32. Oh, no. This race for mayor is fairly close. Albright, a political newcomer, shows surprising strength. In fact, he's getting stronger. Yeah, and I'm getting weaker. <laughs> Boy, I tell you, this election is sure making me excited. I'm as restless as a schoolboy with his first automatic. 18 out of 20 precincts heard from so far, and the picture has changed slightly. Johnson ahead by 11. Wait a minute. Here are the last two returns. Johnson, 14. Albright, 24. Albright's catching up. And let's see now. Albright, 86. Johnson, 86. Just a minute. We'll get the final tally. And here it is. Albright oh. was defeated by Johnson by one vote. <laughs> Well, that's too bad. Well, Margie, I, I suppose you heard the results. Yes, yeah, I thought you were downtown. No, I was listening in the car outside. I hope you're very happy. I lost, thanks to you. <laughs> yes, and thanks to me, you're still alive. I saved you. This man here was going to kill you if you won. What? Uh, he said he'd put you in concrete if you won. A concrete statue of him right in the middle of the town. Holy mackerel! <laughs> a statue of me? But, but why? To show my gratitude for wiping out my competition. You was going to clean up the town, no gambling and stuff. Well, my joint's just outside the county line. I'd have made a fortune. <laughs> Next year, Albright. Happy days. Gee, I'm sorry, Dad. I didn't know. Uh, oh, that's all right, baby. You, you thought you were doing it for my good, and, and I appreciate it. Then you're not angry at losing the election? <laughs> no. The election was crooked anyway. A friend of mine told me. When he went into the voting booth, he saw them stuffing the ballot box. When did he see that? <laughs> the third time he went in to vote. <laughs> Yes, sir, that's my dad. And that's my little Margie. Be with us next week when once again Philip Morris presents My Little Margie, starring Gail Storm and Charles Farrell, based on characters created by Frank Fox and produced, directed, and transcribed by Gordon T. Hughes for Hal Roach, Jr. and Roland Reed. My Little Margie is written by Lee Carson and Jack Harvey. Verna Felton is Mrs. Odette, Gil Stratton Jr. plays Freddie, and Shirley Mitchell is Connie. Others in tonight's cast were Jack Crucian, Parley Bear, and Lois Corbett. I'm Roy Rowan. That was the episode Crooked Campaign Manager from My Little Margie. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you'd like to leave a direct message or make a comment, you can also find us on Podbean. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Download the free app on your phone and subscribe to the old Radio Comedy Podcast there. Or you can use the links in the show description page for our webpage or our email. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. I'm Greg Fordyce, and remember... Hey, you're not urinating in here, man. Don't talk, don't talk. It makes her crawl back up.